Welcome to the Whiskey Jump Shot Podcast, and I'm your host, Gino. I'm just another dude who started a podcast, so sit with me, grab your favorite drink, and listen as I explore others' paths to success as I try to find my own, as well as some things I wish I knew in my early 20s. I'll share some secrets, interview some great people, tell some funny stories, and hopefully we have some fun along the way. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. How we doing, everyone? Hope everyone's having a phenomenal Friday. I know I am having a good time. Uh, this video will cover the arduous and ever-changing job hunt. In this video, I'll talk about everything from resume prep to actual palpable tips during the interview process. And make sure you stick around for the end because the last tip is a literal interview hack that recruiters do not want you to know. Buckle up, grab your pencils and notebooks, children, because this is packed to the brim with actual real job hunt hacks that can help you land your favorite job. But first, diving into the whiskey of the day. So as you guys know, uh, most of the time uh, I'll be drinking some type of whiskey on the podcast that is a little bit different, right? So I wanted to kind of explore my taste in the whiskey world. So this whiskey of this podcast is coming from Jefferson's Ridiculously Small Batch. They are out of Louisville, Kentucky. A little bit of Kentucky bourbon here. So the the whiskey I'm drinking is actually from a whiskey flight. And they did a couple different uh, experiments when I was reading about this. They basically wanted to figure out what the best whiskey was. So they're selling uh, they're selling these small batches in flights. And then hopefully, I think their goal is to receive some type of feedback on it. But the one I'm drinking is Wood Experiment number 12. And I'll go ahead and read this for you. So this is the experiment. So this is original bourbon barrel with oak inserts that have been toasted over a long period of time to infuse the bourbon. If that doesn't make your fucking mouth water, I don't know what does. Um, But I'll tell you what. That shit is strong. Man, I could feel that just going all the way down to my stomach. That's how you know it's good. So England, I'm warning you now. You're not going to like these next couple of minutes because I'm about to flame the shit out of your team. Uh, I'm sure most of you know what I'm talking about at this point, but the Euro Cup took place uh, over the last weekend here and uh, very excited to announce that Italy actually won. Um, of course, that's my family's native country. Uh, I would have rooted for U.S. if they were in there, but Italy is usually my number two to go uh, to root for. Um, but, man, the the fucking balls of the England coach, man. I He has a lot of faith in those three young bucks that, that missed – the important uh, penalty kicks in order to uh, topple the Italian stallions. Um, the thing that I think blew my mind the most was, you know, not only did their five man miss, uh, but their five man was a 19 year old kid. This guy, I mean, dude, wouldn't you want your five man to be your best kicker? I, I don't know. I don't know too much about soccer, and this is probably coming from a huge place of ignorance. But for me, as somebody who's been a fan of sports for a very long time, I think uh, putting your <laughs> your rookie in probably the highest pressure spot, it, you know, honestly, it, it does show a lot of good things about the kid, though, because you know that coach has faith in, faith in that kid, and it's just unfortunate the situation for the Euro Cup. He had to basically be the guy with – uh, basically the entire Euro Cup riding on his shoulders. And I know it's not an easy spot to be in. I know it's not. I can't. I probably can't even imagine the amount of 
the amount of nerves that was going through that kid's head. But hats off to him for stepping up and stepping in. Um, nothing but respect for both sides. I think, you know, for me, I, I would have gone with somebody who's a little bit more tenured. But uh, I don't know. I'm also not a soccer coach or a manager, uh, whatever the case is. But, uh, you know, very happy that Italy ended up taking that home. Uh, it was a phenomenal game overall. It, it was basically like uh, I think England went up first 1-0. And Italy came back and scored and tied the game up. And, you know, both sides had excellent defense uh, through the entire game and ended up going into free kicks. And Italy just ended up uh, edging them out. But uh, anyways, diving into the content of today's podcast. Uh, uh, but first, uh, I want you to picture this. You are living in your dream home. You have your dream job. Making your target salary that you thought was impossible 10 years ago. You wake up on a Saturday morning at 7 a.m. after closing a large deal the night before, and you start cooking pancakes for your kids and your significant other. All of a sudden, your kids and two dogs come running down the hallway into the kitchen because your pancakes are just the fucking best. It's a little off track, but if you're worried that you won't ever get there, trust me, you will. Uh, life's a big process, and, and where you are 10 years down the road can often start with your very first job hunt. So if you're in the market for a job right now, Please, I, I beg you, take this decision very seriously. Remember, your happiness should come first before anything else. And you are interviewing, uh, uh, keep in mind, you are interviewing a company just as much as the company is interviewing you. So it's important that you would ask the right questions to get the answers that you need in order to feel fulfilled in your career. If you're a younger guy or girl just now coming out of college, uh, please uh, take this decision seriously. Do your research. Figure out what companies are happy to work for. And, and listen to me carefully. Don't settle on the first company that shows you interest. Shop around. Take time to figure out what job you should get. So I'm going to talk about quickly the flow of, of the podcast here. So normally with the job hunt, uh, it starts with your resume, right? So the flow typically is prepare your resume and cover letter. Um, do research. Apply to the job that you want. Interview. Uh, and then follow up after the interview and hopefully you get, you know, a job offer, right? So that brings me into my first topic for this podcast, which is resume and cover letters. And I'm going to spend the, probably the least amount of time on this because there are a ton of resources out there for you to generate a powerful resume and an impactful cover letter. Uh, but I just want to give my two cents on the thing. Cover letters are not always necessary. Jobs may ask for it. Um, and I think it's important that if you do have to do a cover letter, that you look up examples and you make it as personal as you can and be very, very specific about the position you are applying for and the accomplishments that you've made in your career so far that would make you a good fit for that position. It's important to mention personnel names. So whoever you're going to be interviewing with, uh, I would address it to that person. Um, I would make it personal in the sense of uh, you want to mention company name. Uh, the company name in there at some point talk about the value that you're going to bring to the organization because that's really what they're looking for they're interviewing for they're interviewing you for the value that they think that you can bring to, into the company and they uh you're also inter being interviewed for what they think you can become as well so it's important to show your coachability as well somehow but we'll talk about that a little bit later Again, the thing is with cover letters, there are a ton, if you just Google cover letters, there are a ton of example cover letters you can look up. Um, but you know, I suggest finding a template that best resonates with you so you can make it sound as personal as possible. 
that is the big tip with cover letters. That's pretty much all I'm going to say about them because I don't think they're super relevant in today's market when you're looking to get a job, but some companies do actually require you to submit a cover letter. So it's important that you understand cover letters are not going to make or break the interview process. But if you are required to submit one, just know that you have to make it as personal as possible and as tailored to the company as you can. That's really all I'm going to say about cover letters. I want to dive into resumes. Your resume is a direct reflection of you and your work experience. If you don't have any experience, that's okay. Because really, if you don't have any experience, there are plenty of jobs you could still get. But that more work will be put into on the networking portion that I'm going to talk about here in a minute um, with you know low experience people. But in terms of resumes, the, the one thing that people don't tell you is the content is way more important than the format of the resume. I'll say that again. The content is extremely uh, more important than the format. I don't care, you know, so a lot of times I, I see a lot of resumes and, and these resumes, they're like pimped out, man. Like they look like Pimp My Ride from MTV. Like your resume does not have to be super pimped out. It just has to be clear and concise. And you have to be able to get your point across in the one page that we typically like to see resumes. So I see a lot of resumes coming across as two pages. That's fine. But in reality, you know, one page should be enough to explain yourself. So the, the most important tip I can give you is content over format. And here's how exactly I would format my resume if I were to apply to a job tomorrow. Um, I'd start obviously at the very top of my resume. I'd have my name in big bold letters. I'd have my contact info easily accessible right underneath my name as well. And then I would get into the bulk of the meat of what your resume should say. And now one of the things that I, I my opinion is, is varying because it depends on the industry and, and each industry might have a different resume standard. But if you're applying to a general position like a sales position or something along those lines where uh, really your experience is what's going to matter. Um, you're going to want to put experience before education because a lot of roles, uh, you know, they don't care what degree you have as long as you have good experience and you can speak to your experiences and pull good examples from them as well. So in my opinion, uh, experience and education are a bit interchangeable when it comes to resumes. But in my experience, I like seeing, uh, I like seeing your personal experience first before seeing what degree you have, because I'm one of those people that, I went to school for something completely different than what I'm doing right now. And I don't care, you know, if I'm hiring you, I don't care what your degree was in as long as you have one and it shows you can complete things. That's totally fine. Um, but your experience is what going to be, is going to be what sells it for me. Anyways, the one caveat to that rule is going to be pretty much if you are in a field where you are in a very highly specialized field where your degree matters. So any engineering people out there, any IT people out there, computer science people out there, um, if you're in a very highly specialized skill set, uh, I would put your resume first before your experience. Um, if your experience isn't very strong or, or long-winded, right? So after the education and experience portion, whatever you decide to do first, um, I would throw your skills there. Uh, somewhere it, it skills having skills on your resume is is pretty 
uh, it's debatable in the career services world. Um, but I, I think having like a small section of skills, uh, will be beneficial because then you can talk about, like, again, I talk a lot about sales, so I apologize. So if you have CRM experience, that would be a good skill you'd want to put there. Um, if you're applying for a management role, I would put like leadership experience, right? So things like that. It just, I think skills is a good section for you to put, uh, you know, what you've done in the past that will help you. Uh, you know, easy, that will show recruiters that your transition into the new company will be easier, right? And then uh, after skills, I think the, the only thing left, I believe, is certifications. And this is important. Uh, putting certifications there is important. Like, for example, if you're applying to a lifeguard position and you need to be CPR certified, this is where I'd put it. But other than that, uh, certifications uh, aren't super important unless the industry calls for them. Again, I don't want to spend a ton of time on resume building because I'm sure you've had plenty of it and I'm sure you have a solid resume already if you're already on the job hunt. Um, so I don't want to spend too much time on it. And really a quick Google search will uh, will reveal a ton of resume templates that you can steal or use. Um, for me, I think what I did is I just really built it out on Microsoft Word using the templates that they have there. And then I sent it over to a few people uh, that uh, made some corrections for me before I applied. So uh, it's really up to you how you want to do it. There are, are resumes online. But one off the wall tip that I'll give you is make sure your resume is a reflection of you. Uh, you know, you, I don't, I don't have any personal experience of this, but I'm promise you, you do not need to pay any service to build out a resume for you. There are tons of free resources online that'll help you do it. Don't let anybody coerce you into paying them, um, to build out your resume. I promise you, it's not going to be any better than if you just build it out yourself and take the time and put the effort in. So in terms of, uh, before you decide to get on the job hunt, right? Resumes, cover letters uh, are all built out at this point. Um, list of references is something that I, I don't really ever see anymore. And I don't think it's really relevant in today's day and age with turnover being so high in a lot of markets. So um, I wouldn't worry about references too much. But if a company does ask for them, it's important that you have them. So I would make sure you built up a couple good professional references, whether it's a professional or uh, a pro I'm sorry, whether it's a professor or a coach or somebody um, that you've interacted with in your time that's not your family member that could help you put in a good word for you. Cool. All good? Great. So now I want to talk about the research portion of the job hunt, right? So I like to call this stacking ammo, and I'm sure I coined that off something. Uh, so I'm sure I stole it from somebody somewhere. But I think research is probably the most important piece of the pie when uh, it comes to being on the job hunt. You do not want to end up in a company, let alone an interview, that you know nothing about what they do. Seriously, spend some time on this. Visit the website, explore their Facebook pages, look up any articles about the company on Forbes, watch YouTube videos, uh, any sort of little tidbits of information that you can pull into your own uh, personal database will help you make an informed and educated decision when it comes to companies that you actually want to work for and apply for, let alone when you get into the interview, you'll already have all of this stuff already built out for you. You're killing two birds with one stone with diligent research, I promise. Right, so you've done the research, you understand what the company does, you found a couple good companies in your, your pool of, of companies that you wanna apply for, great. Love to hear it. Um, here's some things you can do to stand out. First of all, I'm gonna preface this by saying if you don't have a fucking LinkedIn, make a fucking LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the best social media website, hands down. I don't care if you're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I don't care what you do. 
LinkedIn is the best in terms of palpable real life uh, information that I guess I don't really know if it's biased or not that you can find all of that on LinkedIn. So if you don't have a LinkedIn, make a LinkedIn. So some ways you can do some things you can do to stand out uh, in terms of other candidates, I would connect with uh, as many people as you can that have a similar job title to you um, in the position that you want on LinkedIn. Now here's the trick though. Don't tell them you're applying. This is the only way to get a raw, unfiltered version of what it's like to actually work at the company. So when you go to shoot that little connection request over to them and you include that little message in the, in the connection box, for those of you don't, uh, who aren't familiar with LinkedIn, it's not friends, it's not following, it's connections. And basically the, with LinkedIn, you're building your network, um, your professional network, I should say as well. And this is probably one of the best way to establish connections within whatever industry that you want. And essentially, you're able to connect with other people that you don't know that have, uh, you're able to search by company as well. So I, you know, I would go on there, I would search the company and then I would find a couple employees, uh, maybe three or four, um, in the position that you want. And I would message them. Don't tell them you're applying. This is the only way to get the raw unfiltered data that you need. The reason why we want to do this is to make sure that this company has a healthy company culture. Now, full disclaimer, it might be still, uh, there might be some uh, filtered stuff coming through, but just keep in mind you're after your own happiness and not anybody else's or even the company's happiness. You're after your own and you want to make sure that the company has a healthy company culture. So when you come in, uh, it's a lot easier to transition rather, rather than dealing with a bunch of toxic people. I'm speaking from experience. I think too, a very important question to ask them is just simply, Hey, how do you like working there at XYZ company? How, what's it like? What's the company culture like? They will be happy to tell you either way because either they love it or they hate it. And I promise you, they're going to, they're going to talk your ear off about it. Great. So once you've done that and you message a couple different employees trying to figure out exactly how, what it's like to work at XYZ company, I want you to spend some time on their website. Look at their company values, look at their mission statement, look at their about page. And I want you to ask yourself, do I see myself as a good fit being at this company? The whole purpose of doing this is so you can stack ammo and A, either disqualify the company from your list of companies that you want to apply for, or B, absolutely crush the fucking interview because you're going to have all these tools at your disposal after you've done all this research to go into the interview with as much ammunition as you can. Because one of the main things that recruiters look for, it's not experience, it's not always how you answer the question, it's is he or she prepared? Are you prepared? Have you done the homework? Are you actually interested in this company or are you just looking for a job to sit in for an X amount of days to earn a paycheck? Not only that, but now you just established a bunch of connections. You just, you just earned yourself an internal champion within the company that you wanna connect with. This person will vouch for you to whoever you're interviewing with as well. I'm telling you guys, it pays to have people on your team and in your corner. And the more uh, seeds you can plant from within the company with existing uh, employees, the better off you'll be and the more likely you will the more likely you will get an interview. Great. Now at this point, you probably have a list of companies that are hiring and that you want to apply to because you've just done the research, you figured out the companies that you want to apply to and the ones that you don't, and now you have a list. Great, start applying. 
I will say though, if you are still lost as to what jobs you want to apply to and what companies um, that you want to apply to, the good news is one of the cool things about the internet is that you have multiple, and I mean multiple different avenues to find great companies within your niche to apply for. Glassdoor, Indeed, and LinkedIn are some of my personal favorites. And, and Glassdoor even really has this cool function where if companies are seeking out employees and you fit the demographic of employee that they're uh, looking for, Glassdoor will actually reach out to you and invite you to apply. Or somebody will reach out uh, via Glassdoor to you uh, to get you to apply to the, the job. Uh, it's a great way to connect with other, other people as well within uh, whatever niche that you're looking to fulfill. I think having a blend of all three, uh, Glassdoor, LinkedIn, and Indeed are, are probably the best case scenario for you to make the most informed decision possible about where you want to take your talents to. Whenever you're looking for a job, make sure you're paying close attention to the job description and the job details. Uh, because with this, you do not want to settle for a job just because uh, it's the only job you have. Do not settle. I promise there are companies out there that will check all of the boxes for you. Salary, hours, day, uh, days of the week that you work, right? Uh, look for the perfect fit. Do not settle for this. I promise. There are companies out there that are looking to hire people like you. And you, there are companies out there that will meet your criteria no matter how strict. Interviewing. Right. You have put in all the work, done all the research, and hopefully you have at least five companies that you want to apply for. But I say don't limit yourself. If you already have found five, try to find five more within that fit within what you're willing to do. Remember, it doesn't hurt to explore career fields at this point uh, during this process because you know you never know what may, what may be out there unless you explore. Think of it this way. The more lines you have in the water, the more fish you're able to catch. Once you have applied, hopefully you've built some nice personal relationships with employees that you found on LinkedIn. Um, this is where I would typically head over to LinkedIn and message those folks and let them know you've applied right away. So once you've already applied to the job, it's time to start building internal champions within the company. Because you never know, because maybe these people that you've just spent the last couple of weeks building relationships with will vouch for you in the interview. You Sometimes you don't even have to ask. Sometimes they'll straight up say, hey, I just messaged my boss and let him know you applied. Um, but you know, it does help to kind of throw that out there as well. Hey, say, Hey, I have applied to the position X, Y, Z. Um, do you mind letting your, your hiring supervisor know that I applied, uh, so I, you know, can get a job. So doing this will only put your name and your application at the top of the hiring manager's list or near the top, right? Obviously if you're not a good fit for the job, uh, and they figure that out based on the resume, it's going to be a little different story, but normally, you know, when you do this, uh, it, puts you on the radar of that company because they, you know, a lot of times company put out, especially like with sales positions, company companies typically receive anywhere from, you know, 50 to a hundred applicants. So it's going to be tough to stand out. And one of the ways you can do that is by introducing yourself to as many employees within the company as you can and start developing an internal champion. Great. Now take a deep breath because guess what? You just took a great step in your life. You've applied to a couple jobs that you feel like you're a good fit for. Awesome great. Now it's time to play the waiting game. This is going to be tough to hear. I promise I've been there, but it is time now to play the waiting game. Stay patient, stay focused on what you're currently doing. I would even spend some time, uh, spend this time while you're waiting to hear back from employers working on a personal hobby or a personal project, right? There's no, uh, there's no reason for you to sit around and wait for them to call you because that'll only destroy your mental 
really throwing yourself into a personal project will help you keep your mind off things for a while. And who knows, maybe you'll even start a podcast out of it like I did. Guys, the truth is applying for jobs is fucking exhausting and the interview process is about to get a whole lot more exhausting-er, right? So now this really differs company to company, but and most companies, uh, typically since they receive such a large volume of applicants, most companies don't even look at the resumes until they receive a, a large pool of them. Uh, once the you know application or the job has expired on whatever avenue they posted it on. So trust me when I say this, it's going to be a bit of a waiting game and it's going to be a bit of a grind, but you're going to have to hold out for a little while. I promise it's going to be okay. They, you know, maybe they'll get back with you if they didn't like your application. And sometimes they, in most cases, they won't even get back with you. So um, you're going to have to take some on the chin, but trust me, the more persistent you are with this, the better off you'll be and the more success you'll see. Um, I, cause I've gotten calls from jobs three months out after I applied and already had settled into a position. A company called me and wanted to interview. Uh, and I was like, uh, I applied for that job three months ago. And the only way I knew that because I applied on indeed and indeed, like, you know, obviously they all keep records of when you applied to other jobs and things like that. So, uh, it does happen. You do get calls from jobs um, three months out. It, it, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that was a great company or anything. I, it like the most companies that are worth working for are, they're aware of the amount of, uh, hiring demand right now. And they'll most likely get back with you soon. So buckle up big boy. Cause you're going to have to ride the anxiety train here for a bit. Uh, but since you know, you've put all this work in on the back end, you should do fine as long as you pay attention and use this method of interviewing that I'll get to in just a minute. What's that? Your phone's ringing. Who is it? Oh, it's the hiring manager from the company that you just applied for. Congratulations. You got an interview. Awesome. Great work. Don't panic. You are going to do fine. But the important thing is that is that you pay attention to the type and the quantities of interviews that are going to be taking place. They will virtually be the same, whether it's a Zoom call or in person. But if you're anything like me, I personally enjoy in-person interviews much more, although something about wearing a suit top and sweatpants adds just a bit of comic relief to the whole interview process. Um, either way, show up early to both, uh, be professional, mark both on your calendars, and suit up to both either way, whether it's virtual or uh, in-person, wear a suit, ladies, wear your business professional, I don't know, whatever the suit equivalent is for, for women, wear that. Um, I can't tell you how frustrating it is to interview a candidate. And they're in their fucking uh, white t-shirt that has a fucking stain on it. It's disgusting to see. So please be professional when you're doing this. Suit up. It only shows that you care about getting the job. It doesn't hurt you just to suit up. And guys, I can't believe I'm fucking saying this. But have Zoom updated and ready to go before the interview so you don't run into any technical issues before or during the interview. This happens way too much in this uh, virtual world that we find ourselves in. Your Zoom not being updated makes you look unprepared. That's a huge red flag. And some most most interviewers and me personally, I don't give a shit. I, if you're if you make a mistake, that's fine. People make mistakes, but some of the more serious hiring managers out there will count that against you. I promise. I don't want you to end up in the same boat as a lot of other people. Make sure your Zoom is up and running before you get into a virtual interview and test out the link that they send you and make sure the link works as well, because it shows you're prepared and it shows you care about getting the job. Now, I want to start talking about the questions uh, that a lot of interviewers ask, and I can't go into depth with every industry and every single question that interviews ask, interviewers ask, but I, I have seen 
uh, a lot of similarities with a few of the questions and, and so probably two of the most common questions that I see or I hear other hiring managers ask is, uh, tell me a bit about yourself and why did you apply to this company? Uh, a lot of people will say that this these questions suck and they hate these questions, but I love them. I think it's persuasion in its most complicated form because the funny thing about these questions is the the thing that we the reason why we need jobs to its very core is because we need to survive, right? We basically just need money so we don't end up homeless and we don't end up snorting crack things like that, right? We want to make sure we can provide for ourselves and feed ourselves. And that's why we need jobs. But you can't obviously say that. And, and this question could be really whatever you want it to be. And that's why I love it so much because it can really set the tone for the entire interview. The one thing I will say about these questions is just make sure you have a very powerful and impactful why to why you are actually applying to the company. And since you've done all the research on the back end, you can understand why you apply to the job. That's something that you that's something that you and only you can understand. So maybe you saw something in the company values or the company uh, mission statement that you really resonated with. So I'm going to help you turn your uh, opening statement from, hey, I need this job so I don't end up homeless to, well, well, Mr. or Mrs. Hiring Manager, I did a ton of research on your company. It feels like it'd be a good fit for XYZ. I have a passion for XYZ and your company seems to embody this passion. I read your company values and they seem to align the most with me and, and the type of leader and the type of person I want to be, blah, 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 fuckity blah. Or uh, if you're into more of a product uh, type um, interview, you could start off by saying, I did some research on your product and it seems to fill a very important niche that really resonates with me and something I can see myself getting behind. And then fill in the blank with XYZ. I mean, this is going to be pretty much personalized to what you actually feel like uh, the reason why you applied. It doesn't have to be a fancy answer, but you do have to make sure that it's powerful. And one of the ways you can do that is make yourself align with the company values and the company goals and talk about the product, right? So if you're interviewing a comp uh, with a company that has a, a, a product or some type of software, um, talk about the software and how you feel that it resonates with you and it solves an issue that you've experienced in your life and you feel like you're passionate about the solution that it provides. Great. So you got the first couple questions out of the way, and I promise those are not the most uncomfortable questions that you're going to experience in an interview. Um, but a lot of the questions, the bulk of the questions that interviewers typically ask are more behavioral style questions. Now, these questions are a little bit more complex, but I promise you they're very easy to identify. So uh, I'm going to give you some examples. And according to muse.com, there are several key indicators of behavioral interview style questions. Um, and don't worry, they're, they are pretty easy to recognize and they often uh, have telltale openings like, tell me about a time when, what do you do when, have you ever, give me an example of, describe a blank, right? So these are questions that interviewers are going to ask in order to identify how you react in certain situations. And, you know, a lot of times they're honestly, they might not be asking for, um, something at face value a lot of the times too, they'll be trying to uncover something different. So you have to kind of pay attention to the wording of the question. So this is where it can get a little tricky, but the one tip I have on this is definitely like, don't think about your responses. Just listen to the question and figure out exactly what they are asking. And you get the idea. Uh, these prompts often try to get you to pull a real life example from when you handled like, for example, multiple tasks with the same deadline or how you handle conflict in the workplace. The thing is to keep in mind that all of these questions could be answered using what's called the STAR method. 
And this is a general framework for answering interview questions that helps you keep on track and get your point across in a concise format without being too long-winded. The STAR method stands for Situation, Task, Action, Result. And it's sort of a storytelling structure for interviews. So if the question was, tell me a bit uh, about a time when you demonstrated your leadership ability, you can use the STAR method. So S, Situation. My fiance and I were going to get ice cream and I noticed that she was getting chocolate flavored ice cream, but she didn't want to put any sprinkles on top. Task. Everyone knows chocolate ice cream and sprinkles is bomb, so I had to, the task of trying to educate her to make the most informed decision about her ice cream choices. Action. I sat her down, explained that chocolate ice cream is better than sprinkles because the sprinkles enhances the flavor and also provides a better ice cream eating experience. Result. After explaining to her the why behind adding sprinkles to her chocolate ice cream, she ordered a large chocolate cone with extra sprinkles. You guys get the idea. The STAR method is a phenomenal uh, method to use and can really be applied to any question. And once you get good at it, you will actually just do it subconsciously um, in any interview style question. Now, the thing in my experience, the important thing to focus on here is the results. And I would go into more depth about the results and what actions you took specifically to get the result. So for example, in that sprinkles example, I talked about how I explained the why behind adding sprinkles to her chocolate ice cream. And then I explained that uh, in depth, what exactly I explained to her to get her to take the action that got the result. And I think, you know, focusing on the results and the action part of it is much more important. You should talk much more in depth about the actions and the results because a lot of times companies that are goal oriented, they are more results focused than other companies. So um, talking about your results and the results that you've been able to directly impact will put you in a much better, higher valuable position for the company. Great. You just crushed the interview by using the STAR method and uh, talking about your why, right? The reason why you selected that company to apply to. You killed that part. Great job. So now what do you do? You answered all the questions. Guess what? They're going to ask you if you have any questions and you damn well better be prepared. Um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about the types of questions you should ask because you can find all of these resources online uh, just via quick Google search. And those are typically good ones. But I, for me, I would genuinely, genuinely ask questions that you want to know the answer to. Um, so I wouldn't spend a whole lot of overthinking on this as well, but just make sure you have a good reason, um, to ask the question. So for example, if you are working for, or applying to a more software based, uh, sales type position or a product based sales type position, uh, I would genuinely ask questions about the product. How does your product stand out against the competition? How do you, where do you see this product in the next five years? Where do you see the company in the next five years? Uh, just genuinely asking questions about the company and the product are probably the biggest things you can do. Um, and then if you want, it's always good to throw in personal questions as well. So hopefully you've done your research on who you're interviewing with, and then you can throw in personal questions like, uh, so I saw one of your projects, uh, you working on a, a podcast. Can you tell me a bit more about that? I find that very interesting, right? So a lot of times people that are proud of what they do, they'll share it on their social media. And this is a great resource for you to figure out exactly what you should talk to them about. Great. So uh, after you've asked your questions that you've come up with, and these should obviously be prepared beforehand as well. So make sure that you have these well thought out and well written out on a piece of paper or your notebook that you should bring to the interview so you can take notes, right? Um, so make sure these are all written out for uh, the interview and they're ready to go. Um, and then once you've done that, you've gotten all the information, you feel really good about the company, you feel like you killed the interview. 
um, you feel like you have a good resume, um, I a, a great question for you to ask at the end of the interview, um, it's time to close. So think about it this way. Um, closing a sale, it's the same thing should be done after closing, uh, after the interview, right? So you have to close out the interview and this is the exact wording I would say, quote, is there anything about my resume or my experiences that doesn't make me a good fit for this position? End quote. That's it. That's all you need to say to close out the interview. And you'll find out a lot about the, how your interview went just by that question. Because either they'll be really uncomfortable answering you or they'll give you a great answer like, no, I feel like you're a good fit. So only good can come out of this because if you're not a good fit, <laughs> they'll, they'll mention it and you can have some closure. I know it's going to sting for a minute, but I promise you it'll be better than not hearing anything. So general practice says to follow up with an email uh, to the person you just interviewed with. I think it's great. It doesn't have to be super long or anything. I think what I did in my last job interview, I just followed up and said, hey, uh, thanks, thanks, Mr. Hiring Manager. Thank you for the interview. I had a great time learning more about your company. Um, I look forward to hearing from you with regarding the next steps. And that was it. And that was it. And, you know, eventually you're going to go through a couple different stages of the interview process. I'm sure uh, there might be one, two, three, uh, possibly even four or five or six interviews um, with the company. So just be prepared for that and just rinse and repeat. Um, utilize the STAR method. Um, just make sure that whoever you're interviewing with has your resume. So I would, you know, if this is a new person that maybe you didn't, uh, maybe that doesn't handle the hiring process very much, I would I would shoot them over an email with your resume in it to make sure that they have it so that they can prepare for the interview as well. Great. Now you have to wait. You have to wait again. It's back to the waiting game and I know it's going to suck for a little while. Um, but if you haven't heard back, it is 100% within your right to email your hire, the hiring manager and ask what's going on. Um, so it's with 100% within your right and I highly encourage it if you haven't heard back within probably a month I would reach out and, and see what was going on and what the issue is and what's holding them back. Um, maybe you're, maybe you didn't get the job, but they deserve, uh, they should tell you that like you deserve to know if you didn't get it and you deserve some feedback as well. And a lot of times companies just won't give that feedback to you or that criticism at all. And that's going to be frustrating as hell. Um, but you know, take it on the chin, keep your chin up and keep pushing forward and keep chugging along. And I guarantee you'll end up with a great job if you follow all of the steps that I just gave you in these uh, in this podcast. But great, that's that's the content. That's the meat of the content for today's podcast. Um, thank you all for sticking along. Hopefully you, st- you stuck along to the end. Um, so yeah, follow me on all social media platforms, Facebook uh, and Instagram and TikTok as well. My TikTok is doing pretty well. So go ahead and, and uh, add to the flywheel. Keep the momentum going there. I appreciate you all sticking around and join our discord as well. Whiskey jump shot pod. Uh, everything is at whiskey jump shot pod. Go ahead and follow me. Subscribe to this podcast. Uh, definitely appreciate everybody st- sticking by um, and joining um, a revolution here. Um, so I appreciate everyone stopping by and hopefully we'll see you on the next one. Thanks. Have a great one. Bye-bye now.